Welcome to I Caught It on Audio. This is Ride or Die episode 14. Toad is part 1. Hello and welcome to I Caught It on Audio. Today we are continuing our Ride or Die series where we pick a band and do a deep dive into their complete discography. This time around, we have chosen the 90s one-hit wonder Toadies. They're probably best known for their hit Possum Kingdom, which appeared on their first album, Rubberneck. Recently, Jamie found their album Heretics, and after a short discussion, it was decided that we should probably find out if any of us are ride or die for the Toadies. Jamie, why don't you start and tell us how you first got into Toadies? I was hearing them on the radio and liking Possum Kingdom, and then... um... It was later listening to the whole album. I I really started to enjoy the whole album. Is this an album that you bought? I don't remember if you had it also. Yep. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me, it was um, definitely Possum Kingdom. I absolutely love the song. Uh, probably put the Rubberneck album on my BMG, you know, 39 cent albums list, you know, and, uh, got it in the mail and listened to it like crazy because it was surprisingly good. Um, and Dan, how about you? Yeah. I mean, I definitely remember back in like 95 or so hearing a uh, possum kingdom on the radio and uh, I wasn't sure what to make of it at first. I mean, it's, it's a great song, but it's a, it's a very strange song. You're spending a lot of time wondering if it's about vampires or, Oh, it's definitely what's about going vampires. on. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and you know it's it's uh, back in our, my uh, back in my uh, being raised as a good Christian boy days. I didn't know how I feel about <laughs> Jesus being used so often in the song. That was my initial reaction, but <laughs> that song really grew on me. Um, and but I wasn't completely sold on the band because there were a lot of great singles uh, in those days that that appealed. But uh, when I heard "Away" on the radio, mm-hmm. I believe that was a single. It was. Um, that's how I remember hearing it first. Anyway, I was like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, this this is going to be good." Um, and uh, but I didn't expect I didn't expect to love every song on the album um, on uh, on Rubberneck, uh, which uh, I suppose that why don't ready to dive into Rubberneck? Uh, the, yeah, let's get the into one that it. we all know knew before this this last month or two. Anyway, right. Mm-hmm. So this one was released in August of '94. Uh, it's it's not technically their first album. Um, they've got a few EPs that came out beforehand, but um, most of the stuff that's on there shows up later. So I didn't bother putting them any of that on uh, on the playlist. It had five singles somehow. I I mean I had no idea that many of the, these songs were on the radio. Uh, I've got Mr. Love, Possum Kingdom, Away, Tyler somehow made it on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it, but strange. And then Backslider even made it on the radio. I kind of interrupted you there, Dan. But uh, what are your what are your thoughts on this album in particular? No, you're right. Um, it's strange that they had that many singles. I think it's because um, as I was reading up a little bit Wikipedia level research, you know, yeah, I, I do I do that's my what homework. we do here at Sixty Four Tacos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, the album was out for uh, the better part of a year before Bossom Kingdom uh, so kind of got going, and I would imagine the Mister Love single was a big nothing, which is why you know it almost restarted with possum kingdom and right. i also noticed that um backslider was in uh black sheep the chris farley um david spade 
Oh, yeah. interesting. Which I didn't. I've seen the movie, but I didn't. I don't. I don't know. I didn't connect the two at any point. So maybe that got bumped as a single because of that. But um, Tyler, I never once heard on the radio. Um, I don't. Yeah. I, I think we were in a little bit too conservative yeah. a demographic, maybe for that. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> Possum Kingdom isn't any less, you know, creepy. No, that's um, true. Or, or away for that matter. The, the thing that's so great about the Toadies is like, it's like, uh, it's like another like kid telling you scary stories, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, right. <laughs> I, I love it. And it's, but like, it's kind of tongue in cheek at the same time, you know? Um, but this, this album is fantastic. Um, I knew that I loved uh, Possum Kingdom in a way from the radio. I thought the rest of the album was okay, but I didn't really examine it super close, you know, at the, at the time. But as the years went on, I just realized that uh, I love pretty much every song on this album. I don't think there's mm-hmm. a single week song. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got uh, all, every song is thumbs up, thumbs oh, yeah. up on this album. Yep. And, and you know, there was no hesitation either. Even even the first, you know, Mexican Hairless is just an instrumental, like super, you know, mm-hmm. aggressive, quick, you know, like grunge alt rock song. It's that it doesn't have any lyrics, but I'm like, I love it. It just sets mm-hmm. the tone for the yeah. album. It's like super yeah. aggressive. And yeah, yeah, I have no complaints. I love the sort of like vaguely religious, like uh, storytelling, like on Backslider and <laughs> yeah. um, and I burn and, and I come from the water. Mm hmm. I love when they're furious, like on happy face, you know, like it's just so angry. Uh Um, And like Tyler is like a super creepy stalker song disguised as love song that just that just that's kind of like, you know, that was my first like, oh, there's other great songs on this album. But Mm -hmm. um, all of it's great. Uh, What what was your what was your take on it, Jamie, after uh, after you actually bought the album, started listening to it? So I don't remember when it um, became, you know, like I put this album on and listened to it all the way through. Um, but at some point it was one of those albums that was in my vehicle on just repeat forever. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same. I love every song on here. And I, I don't know, I guess I never even thought that there was more toadies out there. This was just so perfect <laughs> yeah and that's the thing there didn't need to be more toadies because this was like you said honey it's it's a perfect album and had this been all there ever was that would have been that would have been perfectly fine it was so surprisingly perfect like you just didn't expect it because possum kingdom i mean that's the song that everybody knows i don't know mm-hmm. that other people know away or the other singles off the first album and I'm pretty sure almost nobody pays attention to anything that came after, uh, mm-hmm. sort of in the in the grand scheme of things. Right. But Possum Kingdom is it sounds like a novelty song almost, you know. Right. Like, it does not promise. Oh yeah, this is a band that has a real future, and uh, maybe that's that's why it took so long to get going. But part of the reason that I think they went missing, and um, you know, if we're thinking about moving on to the second album, just as a sort of lead into that. There was a whole lot of chaos happening. Um, there were like record company mergers, bands getting dropped, you know, left and right. Mm-hmm. They almost got dropped, um, if not for a bit of luck. And the album that they wanted to put out back in like 98 or so got rejected by the label. All this stuff, you know, kind of happened. And it means that their next album didn't come out for seven years after their first album. And right. six years after the first album hit it big with Possum Kingdom. So I remember at this time 
being like, oh, there's got to be more good rubberneck and if, or more good rubberneck, more good toadies, mm-hmm. more good rubberneck would be fine too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd, t- I'd take a side two of rubberneck. Um, well, there actually is like five bonus tracks I was just reading mm. that you can download somehow. Are those songs that are from like previous albums and later albums at all? Or I'm I didn't, I didn't sure. notice that at all. I let's see 20th anniversary bonus tracks run oh. with dad stop it rockfish possum kingdom live and tyler live so really yeah. three three new tracks songs. but yeah. those three are not i believe songs that appear on later albums maybe they appeared on earlier stuff i, I don't know but not that i oh, not okay. that i can recall Interesting. Yeah, maybe we'll have to look. I'll, I'll have to see if I can find those for part two of this uh, of our series. If they, yeah, if they can, if they'll good. put out another album. But I remember looking into it. Um, you know, you know, I don't know around two thousand, and being like, "Oh, there's still not another Toadies album." And then I remember, you know, just tracking it down again, like in like two thousand and four or five, and and uh, hearing that Hell Below Stars Above had come out, but there were sort of like mixed um, responses. And I was, and I also knew that um, they had like lineup changes that began at that point. And I was like, ah, sounds like they just imploded. Nobody really loved the second album anyway. Shoot, you know, and in my mind, until you brought up Toadie's Rider Died, that's where it ended. It was, mm-hmm. right, you know, surprising success, first album, chaos and a disappointing second album, band breaks up. That's the end of it. And uh, yeah. so when you suggested it and put up the playlist, I was like, oh, there's four albums. And then I was like, oh, there's like seven albums. Right. <laughs> there's four I albums just, plus a part two. Yeah, completely <laughs> off my radar for like 15 years. I'm I'm awfully glad that you guys brought it up because uh, I'll, I'll just, you know, not to give it away, but man, uh, I really liked Hell Below Stars Above. If you guys are ready to move on to that one. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, well, Dave, why don't you give your impressions on it first? This album doesn't feel like it was seven years later. It feels like they picked up right where they left off with just this uh, super fast guitars. And, um, but then also, I mean, let's see, we do have some, some more melodic stuff. Jamie and I were briefly talking about this, but mm-hmm. um, like jigsaw girl is more melodic and uh, there's a few other melodic things, but man, it is a really good album. Also, I don't know that it's quite as good as Rubberneck, but you could convince me that this is the one that I should put in my car CD player instead of, you know, in a, in a, alongside rubberneck. I, I really enjoyed it. I think I got, we got eight out of the 12 songs that I thumbs up, which is quite a few for an album. I just heard of two months ago. So what did you think of this one? Honey? Well, I think that's the thing. I don't know it well enough yet. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't listen to rubberneck all the way through one time and was like, Oh, this is, this is great. Right. Um, so I have to sit with it a little bit and, um, but I did really like it. And I, I think my favorite song on it is jigsaw girl. I know that you don't even have it thumbed up, I no. see. but, um, so the way this came about was I, so now having to switch over to like playlists because I got a new car two years ago and new cars don't have CD players anymore. They, they have, you know, you plug your phone in and you just play your playlist. So that was a change for me. 
But I do like that you can, you know, you put on your playlist and then it doesn't just end, it'll play more songs that are like that. So mm-hmm. um, in the car one day with Jack um, and the Heretics album rendition of Tyler comes on and uh, I saw the the title and the band on my little heads up display, but then it was this like toned down acoustic and I just I felt like Jenna in the grocery store looking at fruit snacks. I was like, what, what, what? <laughs> and Jack was confused. And, um, and our listeners will be confused by that analogy yes. as well. Yeah. It's okay. Because, you know, maybe Jenna will listen and then she'll be the person that gets it. But yeah. um, it's a small audience, uh, but I think yeah. we can get her. Yeah. You know, so um, yeah. So I was, just super intrigued by it. And I had to check a couple times. Yes, this is the toadies. It's not like somebody covering. Um, and so then I listened to that whole heretics album and jigsaw girl was one of the, the tracks that they redid on that album. And so I came into it, um, with that knowledge, I think, I don't know which one I like better, which style I like better, but I do like that song. Um, and I don't know what it says about me that I like, you know, songs about abduction yeah. and, <laughs> or and cowering, cowering yeah. in your bedroom as a, as a man who just broke in around in, your in kitchen an amateur Frankenstein. No, yeah, just I don't know, but I love it. <laughs> they they make these macabre ghost stories so oh. enjoyable. Yes. It's, it's like their superpower. Yes. Yeah, this I I love I un, unequivocally love this album. I am I loved I thumbs up every song. Did you? Um I think if I had heard this before Rubberneck, I might like it. You know, they might flip places. Mm-hmm. I still I mean I've got there's so much history with Rubberneck. I don't know mm-hmm. that they'll ever be able to produce an album that I like more than that. I don't know if that would even be possible. It's just the time when I heard it and how ingrained in my life it is. But mm-hmm. I think this it it's a little more varied and it does more, it does different things. Um, uh, and my only real complaint about it compared to Rubberneck um, is that there is a guitar player switch. Um, what's his name? Daryl Herbert. Yeah. I loved his really sort of signature um, like distortion feedback using the whammy bar like like yes. particularly in a way he does all yeah. these crazy sounds it i love that and that that is missing um i think the the new guitar player's name was clark vogler and i think yep. he's basically the guitar player from here on out and yep. he's very good i don't i don't have a big problem with him or anything like it, i think he's good it's just there's a little bit of secret sauce that um that guitar work added to rubberneck that said this album has pretty songs i mean if you can call jigsaw girl a pretty song mm-hmm. yeah because it's mm-hmm. so no, so, uh, so dark but it has that press into the sky is the first i think um sincere song mm. i've heard from the toadies yep. yeah you know it, it's not tongue-in-cheek it's not you know winking it's not sardonic uh-huh. it just feels you know like sincere emotion and it's really really good mm-hmm. um there's a little more like classic rock and gospel feel like particularly in the second half of hell below stars above which i never thought i would quite hear 
uh, vocal harmonies, oh, you know? Yeah. Well, you've got some Janis Joplin uh, throwbacks in here too. I mean, not, not that any of these are her songs, but the vocals just, you know, uh, yeah. And he, his, his vocals are, I mean, I think he's really underrated as oh, a, as I, a vocalist. I agree. Absolutely. He's, he's not like a, a Chris Cornell or a, or a Steven no, Tyler who's going to hit every note till the next album. Um, but, uh, but he is, he's theatrical mm-hmm. um, at times and he's a great screamer, like in plane crash. Oh, yeah. When I, when I, when I started up plane crash, the first <laughs> new Toadie song I've heard forever, right. seven seconds in when he screams, I'm like, yup. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, let's go. This is great. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, there, there's so many things that I think this is more varied and it, it incorporates more influences. Um, this was the, um, the first album that wasn't, this is probably because of the reason why it feels that way. Um, these are collaborative songs, not mostly written by, um, by uh, what's his name? Vader, Todd Lewis, the, uh, the yes. lead, singer. lead singer. The first album is mostly him, uh, star mm-hmm. songwriting. And this is much more collaborative. It seems like Dollskin's another standout. I mean, I just, mm-hmm. I love them all. I, I can't, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, they do this great thing. You know, heel is a great example of the of a, a song where they just <laughs> take a word and just shout it, and it mm-hmm. shouldn't work. Like that shouldn't be enough mm-hmm. to make a song no, great, but it, it is. It's amazing, yeah. so uh, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also, I also, and this is not the, the last time uh, it'll come up, but I love the way he says the word "pretty," which <laughs> pops up every single <laughs> albums. I don't know. I, I'm totally sold on this album. I love it. Um, I, I have no complaints at all about this. For you, Jamie, I think it, it's it's. I understand the it'll have to grow on you, and I I very often feel that way with new music that in this ride or die series. Uh, this one grew on me. Um, I kind of liked it the first time, and I loved it the second time to the album, and I thoroughly mm-hmm. enjoyed it every time thereafter. Um, this really worked for me. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. There's no doubt about it. I just I love how they are. I don't know if it's experimenting, but they're putting in different genres and types of music Mm -hmm. and playing with the vocals and yeah, it's like everything's on the table and I, I just really enjoy it. Yeah. And there's unconventional choices. Like they ease you in, right? Cause the first like three songs or so are, they kind of feel like old toadies, like rubberneck Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. toadies, but like motivational is a song with a really strange dissonant guitar riff. And then, like the the vocals on the chorus are very weird, and I almost it almost shouldn't work, but they, they sort of like pull off it. Like they manage to sound different, and like they're they're trying new things, which often leads to bands kind of sounding uninspired. But I really don't feel that way on this album. I think they they like I said like a dozen times already. It's great. I love mm-hmm. it. I agree. All right, so that was two thousand one, and then. I think the band like officially broke up. Yeah, the uh, bass player um, decided to, to leave. Yeah. This album was not a success um, no, no. financially, and so at the tail end of their tour, she decided to leave. And then Lewis decided, well, you know, she's a she's a founding member. Let's just walk away. Right. I, I think he was quoted as saying, "So I thought, nah, fuck it, <laughs> like we're done," right. you know. And that was that for you know Another five or six seven, years. Seven years. Yeah. Uh, because we're in 2008 and uh, No Deliverance comes out. Uh, we've got a new bassist. Um, were there any other? 
band member nope. changes. I don't I think, think everything so. else is the same. And yeah, everybody else is the same. Uh, this one. Well, do we have a new bassist or does just uh, Todd Lewis cover the bass? I'm trying um, to remember now. Mark Hughes. I don't know. Oh, if okay. Um, oh, maybe that was for touring. I've got no have, deliverance. That may have been a, he may have yeah. touring. I've got Lewis as bass, at least on, on okay. the record. Yeah. Um, nope, but right. I'm sure they, they needed someone to tour, right? So. Right. Yeah. So he probably toured with them and then uh, Lewis recorded the, the bass parts. Mm-hmm. We've got two singles on this one. We've got No Deliverance and Song I Hate. Dan, what did you, why don't you start on this one? So I was reading a little bit on uh, on the wiki uh, about the Toadies. And um, during the interim period between um, Hell Below, Stars Above and this one, uh, Lewis, uh, you know, the lead singer, he um, joined up with uh, a guy from Reverend Horton Heat. And they had, they had a band and they were, you know, all in on that. And I think he decided to try to get the band back together because he said that he was writing songs that sounded like Toadies. And that's that's how I feel okay. about this album. It sounds it closer to me to Rubberneck. There's a lot more sort of straight ahead, uh, straightforward uh, sort of alt rock grunge with le- fewer other influences. I I also really like this one. I don't know if it's quite as good as Hell Below Stars Above, but I thumbsed up every song except for I Want Your Love. The last, you know, oh. it's not. It's almost not even a song. It's just I Want Your Love over and over again for oh, two minutes. Yeah. Um, which I, I don't, I don't mind that, but like the other songs I actually specifically liked, there's a lot, a lot of the old style, uh, storytelling stuff like Helen Highwater feels like, a the, the back half of the, I come from the water, like he's going back to the water and he wants to drag right. him down with him. Um, right. no deliverance is like another great, like shouted just over and over no again, shouted chorus. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, I really like um, so long, lovely eyes. And this is where he is almost sounding like Chris Cornell um, on this album a couple yes. of times. You're like, whoa, ah, he can really pull it off. I mean, he's not quite Chris Cornell because nobody quite, is. But, but uh, uh, more great, more great vocals on this one. Um, they're experimenting with, you know, they've always done a little bit of weird time signature stuff like on Possum Kingdom. You know, it's with the 7888 thing or 4-4, whatever you want to call it. And they do some of that. There's a lot of 6-4 that starts popping up. Um, which is slightly off kilter, but not quite, you know, five, eight or whatever. Um, you know, I, I'm sure there's a lot of music theory nerds in our, in our uh, audience. So I just want to make sure that they, <laughs> they get a little bit of love. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, I think this one's maybe a little step down, but it's also very, very good. What, Jamie, what, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Um, you know, it, it's hard because I wanted to, you know, Rubberneck had uh, 30 odd years mm-hmm. <laughs> to, um, you know, sit in my brain and let me think about things. So after I heard um, or after I listened to Hell Below Stars Above, I wanted to listen to that one again and again. And so as we get through here, you know, I've, I have listened to um, No Deliverance less than um, hell below and stars above. There are some that I really like on there. Um, song I hate was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like, I am a man of stone. Um, nothing to cry about is another kind of, I don't know, just. I love the contempt in his voice. Yeah. Yeah. In this oh, song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed this one too. It was kind of like when I'm deciding where to start, I think, oh, I should start at, you know, start at the beginning, start at, or start at hell below stars above. And so, I don't know. I feel like I listened to that one more than the next two, but I did enjoy um, this one as well. I think it's funny the uh, the songs you guys specifically called out. I I'm a man of stone. Song I hate and hell in high high water are the only three that I didn't have thumbs up. <laughs> and it wasn't that I disliked them because mm-hmm. I I think they're all. I, I don't think there's a bad song on this playlist. They just didn't quite catch me at the right moment where I you know reached over to my phone and hit thumbs up. And maybe that'll that'll come you know with sitting with these for a few more times. Um, I'll definitely have to go back and reevaluate them because it was the same thing with the uh, the last one, Jigsaw Girl. I didn't thumb up, and Motivational. I didn't thumb up. <laughs> you know, and th- you guys mentioned both of those, so I think it's I think it's interesting. Maybe I just was so into the song that I forgot to thumbs up them. I don't know. <laughs> well, I will say on 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 Motivational, it wasn't one of my favorite songs on the album, but I just thought it was a very unconventional, a good example of the being weird and it working. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's when it takes a little more time to grow on you. Yeah. So this was another uh, not not successful album, as far as I can tell. Um, yeah, I read thirty nine thousand copies, which does not know, seem like a lot. No, I mean, now, it's different now, of course. But yeah, this is so, right in right in the transition. Yeah, even so, where album sales stopped happening and everything went digital. Well, at one point, um, Lewis says that the Possum Kingdom is like the pay the rent thing. Yeah, like they they keep getting royalties trickling in from that, and that allow I think that allows them to have a career that's not very successful, you know, on right. a national scale because they do have that one big song that they're still playing on the radio um, that keeps uh, keeps the uh, the lights on. Yeah. Up next, we've got two years later. Uh, they finally released the album Feeler now. Dan, I'm sure you probably read about this. This was originally meant to be released in the in the late '90s, which is why we never why there was such a big gap um, between Possum Kingdom and Hell Below Stars Above. Um, I'm sorry, Rubberneck. Um, but this this album just the record company wouldn't release it. Interscope didn't wouldn't approve it uh, for release, so they just kind of sat on it. And then finally, we're able to release it. And I don't, I don't remember the details. Well, uh, I read, I did read a little bit about this this morning, so I can fill it out a little bit. It sounds like Interscope totally succeeded despite Interscope. Like <laughs> they didn't promote uh, Rubberneck at all initially. They, uh, when asked about that, they claimed it was just it was a marketing strategy. Which it, no, no, <laughs> no promotion is an interesting strategy because yeah. it's just not doing anything. We're not going to tell anyone about you. <laughs> Yeah, despite that, right? And then they didn't like uh, Feeler. And to be fair, I like Feeler a lot less than the other albums we listened to. So I get it. And it sounds like it was a really kind of overproduced, like Pro Tools heavy, you know, not organic sounding album. Now, we don't know that because Interscope did have a merger, like I mentioned, which nearly got the Toadies dropped, if not for a bit of luck here or there. But um so I think they got lost in the shuffle for that reason, partly. But um, they also, when uh, they also, okay, so they, they they heard the album, said no, and they rejected it. We're not putting that out. And then, but they claim they retained the rights, 
And then when the Toadies went back years later, they they said, no, they're ours, plus we lost the Masters anyway. So <laughs> who knows what the original one sounded like. They totally re-recorded this one in like 2010. Okay. Um, and, they, you know, some of the songs ended up on Hell Below, Stars Above. And I know Dalskin uh, made it over, maybe right. one or two others. A couple of things got dropped. And it's only nine songs. And I would say this would have... This would have benefited from a couple of the songs that got. I mean, it makes sense. You you take the strongest songs and, and reuse them, but right. this this feels like I only uh, gave a thumbs up to four of these songs, and I debated each one of these whether or not I should thumbs up. There were there were almost no. I think City Hate is the only one where I was like, yes, absolutely, that should be a thumbs up. The rest of them, and maybe Joey Let's Go. Joey, the rest of them, I was sure. like, these are none of these are great, but they're all fine. And they're right in between that no thumbs up uh, or thumbs up zone. Right. Just kind of leave it. These all sound, yeah, they almost all sound like filler album tracks that you'd, you'd, you'd hear on a decent album, but not a great album. Right. But I didn't dislike any of them. They were all, all just okay. That was my feel on this one. It, it was a real step down for me from the previous uh, three albums. Um, Dave, what, what, go ahead and finish what you were saying before I uh, commandeered the conversation. No, no, that's that's pretty much um, where I was going with it. Um, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like there was, was the the passion of the of the writing of the uh, songs in the songs, like they were just re-recording them because you know they were songs they had written. They wanted to release them. I mean, that makes sense because they clearly had recorded them already ten years, what twelve years prior. Yep, and now they were. Because Interscope sucks, because record companies suck. Yeah, mostly. Um, they had to re-record it. There are, it just feels like there's something more genuine about it, an album that's recorded the for the first time, like mm-hmm. in the moment when in you're, the moment like, when while when you're, you're writing, writing it, and coming up yeah. with these ideas and all that stuff, and that 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 shows here. Now there there are great songs. I liked Trust Game and Waterfall and City of Hate and Joey Let's Go. I had all those thumbs up. And I don't doubt that if I spent more time with it, there a few more will pop pop up. But um, yeah, it, I agree. It was it was a step step down from the other three that that are on this list. What did you think of this one, honey? Well, I in the car this morning, I told Dave that you know I didn't feel like I knew this one as well as the others, and um, I definitely didn't listen to it as much. But I'm kind of realizing that I didn't want to like I didn't want to put this on if I was going to put on the toadies I was going to put on hell below stars above or rubberneck or you know mm-hmm. pick up where I left off and no deliverance you know the second or third time around but yeah it, it just it didn't it didn't make me really want to put on this album um there were some good ones and some things some lyrics and and things that I'll I remember like get stuck in my head and that's kind of you know, if I, if a song is stuck in my head and I'm kind of singing the lyrics again, that tells me that, you know, it made a little impression on me. So um, yeah. there are a couple of those, but yeah, of the four in that we have listened to and covered here, it's, it's my least favorite. Yeah. It feels a little bit like filler. Yeah. Um, and maybe there's a little life missing, like you said, Dave, because they, they waited over a decade before re-recording it 
so there i mean we, we will never know because we the first one is long gone so right. like the original version but um yeah I, I would say it's okay and if you were giving me if you gave me all four albums and put it on shuffle i wouldn't necessarily skip these songs but contain very few songs where i'm like yep and even the best songs on here are not on the level of most of the first three albums i would say yeah i would agree with that yeah i agree too so four albums in i don't know i i know jamie you've listened to some of the next section and i have as well but uh based on these four albums are you guys ride or die at this point um at this point well i know there's more and more that i'm excited (laughs) about so um I don't know. I, I, I can't answer that yet, but, um, I will listen to any toadies that comes out at this point. How about you, Dan? That's a pretty good endorsement of ride or die. You're willing to give them a shot, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when a new one comes out. Um, I would say the trajectory, the trajectory is slightly downward. Now you get sort of a mediocre album, like, and that isn't, you know, we talked right. about this with Aerosmith. There's there's some duds, but you know that's going to happen. That doesn't mean you can't still be ride or die for a band. I don't think so. By strictest definition, no, I guess not because I would not say that Feeler is exactly a good album. But I'm I have heard nothing, um, not even the the newer versions of old songs off of the three albums to come, and I am very excited. And I'm hoping that they they bump back up into the uh the the strata of the first three albums um so i would say i am likely ride or die at this point but if we get to a couple more albums like feeler i might have to be like ah they were good until feeler you know Mm -hmm. it might be one of those front half career back half career uh bands so we'll see what about you dave where are you at um i am i am ride or die at this point i will say this i would put feeler on before i put on aerosmith's uh <clears throat> rock in a hard place. I'll take Night in the Ruts over Feeler, but Feeler <laughs> over Rock uh Rock in a Hard Place. Agreed. But um But yeah, it's definitely at this point, if I didn't know what was coming, uh spoiler alert, I, I would I would be concerned. I'd be like, uh that's not that wasn't the best. Didn't hate it, but it wasn't the best. So but yeah, I, I am right or die at this point. I'm really excited about uh the next stretch. Yeah, it's it's really neat. <laughs> I'm excited about it too. I was I honestly this I I can't believe that I didn't that none of this was there that there's this much good music from a band that I bought one album for based on one song, you know. Yeah. Um, like and it's and it's because of record label bungling in my in mm-hmm. my opinion that they Absolutely. lost the profile. They should have had singles out you know i mean whatever you, you write the songs when you write them and I, I think there was some talk of there was a bit of writer's block going on here or there so mm-hmm. you can't force it them to, to come out with something sooner but you don't have to like stop them from putting out an album even if you don't love it in, right. you know three years the fact that it was like a seven year wait between albums they were completely off all of our radars and we love them mm-hmm. you know that right. just goes to show well, they, they really bungled it i think i read that the first album sold over a million mm-hmm. copies and then the second one was like 60,000 something like that right which is ridiculous 
God, that yeah. album is way too good for that. Yeah. Way too good. And, yeah. And Blow Deliverance, 39,000. That's. Yeah. That's it's like nothing. a local, that's like a strong local band, you know, right. it's like, come on, this, it's a, it's a, it's a, they have like an enduring rock hit and these are on that level. It's, it's just a real shame that mm-hmm. they don't have any profile anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. All right. Well, unless you guys have anything else, I'm going to wrap this up. Nope, not now. Nope. We'll, we'll come back again uh, and, uh, and review the rest of their career, but I, and I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. Okay. Yeah. So in two weeks, we're going to do that. We'll look at the final three albums. Let me see if I can, um, which are pause for editing time out. Play rock music. Play, yeah. All right. Here we are. They're play rock music, heretics and the lower side of uptown. So if you, uh, if you like, if you want more content like this, you can find everything we've done uh, at 64tacos.com. And if you really liked it, you can buy us a taco at buymeacoffee.com slash 64tacos. We'll see you in the next one. I caught it on audio. (laughs) 